So we'll start with a, a little joke, just for fun. So a woman went to the mall, and she bought all this stuff, all these cosmetics, uh, new hair pieces, uh, a new outfit, and a wardrobe, in an effort to take years off her apparent age. She gets all this stuff, she sleeps at home, she gets home, she goes into the master bedroom, and she closes the door. And she is in there for like three hours, getting ready, putting on all the lotions and creams and the new outfit. And then she goes into the living room where her husband is. She stands in front of him and she says, Darling, how young do you think I look now? He turned off the football game. And he looked her up and down. He said, well, your skin, 21. Your hair, 18. Your figure, 23. And his wife blushed. She said, oh, you flatterer. He said, wait a minute, I'm not through adding them up yet. <laughs> Speaking of adding things up, did you notice the spiritual math in today's lessons? In 1 Kings, we find the prophet Elijah, who hikes in haste to Horeb, the mountain of God. And Elijah has gone there because his life is threatened. He is being hunted down. He is the last of the prophets. And he's being hunted because of his proclamation of the word of God. And God has told him to go to Horeb, the mountain of God. And God says, there I will manifest to you. So Elijah goes. And God does not manifest in the wrecking wind or the expanding earthquake or the flaming fire. But God speaks as the scripture says. God manifests in the sound of sheer silence. And then in Psalm 46, we were reminded... In verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. But there's another verse that maybe some of you have heard before. It's a very famous verse, verse 11 in the prayer book. Be still then and know that I am God. Be still then and know that I am God. Loudly repeat after me. Be still then. Be still then. And know that I am God. And know that I am God. We are awake. This is excellent. And moving to Luke chapter 5, we find the example of our Lord. He's approached by a leper, a person with a horrible skin disease. He says, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. And how does Jesus respond? I do choose. Be clean. And instantly the leper is healed. But what does Jesus do after that? Anyone remember? We just heard the lesson. That's right, he gives them some instructions. But after all of that, it tells us in verse 16, speaking of Jesus, he would withdraw to deserted places and pray. Have you caught on to the spiritual math yet? Okay, maybe we're going to have to do it longhand. So what happens if you add sheer silence with be still then and know that I am God, and he would withdraw to deserted places and pray? What, what does that add up to? What is the equation? Wait for it. Drum roll, please. Oh, look at that. You give the Christian faith's overwhelming insistence that if you wish to encounter God, if you wish to hear from the Lord, 
If you wish to deepen your life of prayer, you must seek God in silence. You must seek God in silence. Silence, stillness, deserted places. These are, think of them as ancient spiritual hiking trails that have been well worn by our ancestors in the faith for 2,000 years before us. Spiritual hiking trails that lead to a deeper experience of God, a deeper experience of Christ, a deeper experience of the Holy Spirit. Have you dared to take any of these spiritual hiking trails? The trail of stillness. The trail of silence. The trail of deserted places. Now don't misunderstand. These are not the only ways that you and I can encounter God. You can encounter God in the Eucharistic worship of the parish family. You can encounter God in praise and song. You can encounter God in beautiful words. You can encounter God in hands together around a table. You can encounter God in the faces of your children and your grandchildren. You can encounter God in the embrace of your lover. You can encounter God in a beautiful painting. You can encounter God in the touch of the breeze, the sound of the rain, or the green of the forest. If any of you have ever encountered, experienced God, had a sense of the divine, sense of the divine through any of those ways, say amen. Amen. Very good. But it's not hard for me to find Episcopal churches that amen well, but you guys are at a you know A plus level. That's good. Usually it's However, supporting all of those ways of experiencing and encountering God, really a foundation for all of them, is prayer. Prayer is really the heart. And you can enrich your life of prayer. You can enrich your experience of God. You can deepen it through stillness, through silence, and through, sometimes anyway, deserted places. Now we'll talk more about this in the seminar we're going to have on meditation and prayer after worship. But right now, let's actually enter into stillness and silence. So I invite you to sit comfortably in your pew, if that's possible, with the people next to you. And I invite you to focus on your breathing. Take a deep breath in, and then a long breath out. And I invite you to close your eyes, if that will help you. And focus on your body's stillness. Focus on your breathing. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Listen to the stillness of your body. Be attentive to the quiet. Let the bodies of the people around you and the noises and the distractions, let that pass you by. And don't speak to God. Rather, let God speak to you. Like the prophet 
Elijah wait for the sound of sheer silence. For those of you who are like, I don't want to do this, I'm inviting you to try anyway. Wait for the sound of sheer silence. Wait like the prophet Elijah did for the sound of sheer silence deep within. And now, without opening your eyes, silently silently pray inside your mind. Help me to listen more deeply and to follow more freely. Help me to listen more deeply and follow more freely. Good. Now you can open your eyes, stretch a little bit, put your attention on the altar, and sort of refocus on the gathered people of God. Now that was that little exercise that we just did was just stepping on the very edge, the very edge of those ancient spiritual hiking trails. That was just a little taste, a little hint of the possibilities. And I dare you to try that form of prayer again after receiving communion this morning. And I dare you to even try it at home, either inside in a quiet room or perhaps outside in a quiet place in creation. Anyone here heard of Philip Yancey? Christian journalist and author. And he has written this about prayer. Quote, For me, prayer is not so much me setting out a shopping list of requests for God to consider, as it is a way of keeping company with God. Keeping company with God. Tell your neighbor, keeping company with God. Try it again. Tell the person next to you. It's an excuse to be annoying to them. Keeping company with God. God is always seeking to keep company with you. The divine source of all life, God, is always desiring to keep company with you. Even if you think this is a bunch of fooey, even if you're like, why am I here? I don't know about this stuff. God is interested in you. Keeping company with you. And these ancient spiritual hiking trails, stillness, silence, and deserted places, are ways that you can keep company with God. Will you dare to sit down and keep company with the Lord? Because if, my friends, you enter into these trails of silence and stillness and deserted places, you will encounter not just an idea... Okay, there's some God up there, isn't that nice? A speculation, a concept. You will actually, by the grace of the Spirit, encounter and experience the living God. Amen.